she had stood in the hallway outside the apartment door, tucking her nose inside the collar of her shirt to see if she was wearing too much cologne. The invitation was for dinner. She'd assumed her friends Raymond and Jim had asked only her. She was newly single and all her friends were being kind, assuming she was lonely, home in the tub with a bad mystery and a glass of gin, or on the prowl in unsavory places. The sorts of images single conjures up among the coupled. In fact, she was exhaling with relief, grateful to the fates for letting her slip out of this last relationship, which had been so embarrassing she couldn't bring herself to refer to it as a relationship. Rather, she would say of herself and Lois, We dated for a while. Or, I used to see her a bit. When in fact it was nearly a year. Much of it spent living together, watching TV, squabbling over nothing, gaining weight together. Chris's friend Daniel still refers to Lois as the human pet, a description both terrible and accurate, nearly as humiliating to Chris as it is to Lois. Coming off this sodden affair, she was leery of starting anything new. She had begun to mistrust her judgment along these lines. She had been looking forward to a semi-serious evening, making small talk about romantic foibles over dinner with two close friends. But there was too much noise on the other side of the door. She was underprepared, emerging into the light carbonation of a couple of dozen people, mostly gay guys, but also a few women, all seemingly paired, holding wine glasses and putting their best selves forward. She immediately felt lacking, in need of some supplemental power source, a battery pack, to participate in this larger evening. To acclimate, she got her own glass of wine and stood near the buffet, watching the other guests harvest a table of small recherché foods, tiny goat cheese pizzas, tricolored vegetable pâté on rice crackers, brie flecked with mushrooms, salad scattered with flower petals. Then she checked out the crowd, noticed Taylor, leaning against the mantle of the fireplace, brooding, and revised her attitude. Suddenly, a party seemed a very good idea. Of course, anyone would have noticed Taylor. She was out of a full-tilt, no-hitches dream. Mick Jagger mouth, Botticelli hair, dark, long, and tangled up in itself, pale gray eyes, the eyes of someone slightly haunted or psychic. In the movie version of this party, the audience would know, as soon as Taylor came into the room, that she was going to turn out to be the main character. The telephone in the foreground that would inevitably ring but she was in the close company of her lover, whose radar threw out circles of awareness, blipping up any unidentified craft hovering into their airspace. Raymond eventually introduced the three of them. He worked with the lover, Diane, for Hyatt. Chris wondered if she was a hotel detective. She had the Weasley manner, the shifty little gaze. Taylor was a photographer, Chris was told, and she heard a shutter click somewhere inside herself. 
She began casting about for some way to insult her lightly, having found in her attempts at flirtation that being rude, and if possible dismissive, was the best approach to great-looking women. Ignoring them completely was the absolute best technique, but this required a situation in which time wasn't an issue. If she were gorgeous herself, Chris might take these women straight on. But she has always been a tall, skinny girl with glasses. She has needed her wits about her.'